The 26th chapter of the gospel according to St. Matthew and the 36th verse. If you found that, will you say amen? Amen. The Bible says, Then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane, and saith unto the disciples, Sit ye here while I go and pray yonder. He took with him Peter, the sons of uh, the two sons of Zebedee, and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then saith he unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here and watch with me. And he went a little farther. And fell on his face and prayed, saying, O my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. And he cometh unto the disciples and findeth them asleep. And saith unto Peter, What? Could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And he went away again the second time and prayed, saying, O my father, if this cup may not pass away from me, Except I drink it, thy will be done. And he came and found them asleep again. For their eyes were heavy, and he left them. And went away again, and prayed the third time, saying the same words. Then cometh he to his disciples, and saith unto them, Sleep on now. And take your rest. Behold, the hour is at hand. And the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. Behold, He is at hand that doeth betray me. You may be seated. Father, God in heaven, Lord, as we humbly bow in your presence. Father, we know this evening, God, we cannot recreate, Lord, what has uh, happened last service or last week. But, Father, it is my desire tonight, Lord God, that you'd give us a cup of fresh oil. Lord, I pray tonight, God, you would trim our wicks. Lord God, I pray tonight, God, that you'd cleanse our minds and empty us of self and fill us with your Spirit. Father, I have no doubt tonight, Lord God, that you tonight, Lord, are in the midst of this service. And Father, I pray and I ask you tonight, God, to help me not to say anything of myself. But Lord, I pray and I ask you tonight, God, to let everything that is spoken out of these lips of clay be filtered by the Holy Spirit of God. I pray tonight, God, you'd anoint our heart, anoint our mind, anoint tonight our stammering tongue. Father, I pray tonight you'd save the sinner, reclaim the backslider, and encourage the child of God. Father, we give you glory and honor, and we give you thanks and praise tonight, for you are our God, and you are the only one that can help us this hour. In Jesus' precious name, together the church says, Amen. If I can tonight, I want to preach around a thought uh, as we were studying 
Uh, last week uh, on a different topic, but if we can, we want to preach around this thought, lessons from the garden, how to handle anxiety. Uh, I, I think that anxiety is probably uh, one of the largest uh, money-making uh, industries uh, treating mental health. Uh, it just seems that some doctors just want to write another prescription. Amen. Yeah. You say, preacher, I don't agree. It doesn't matter if we agree or not, okay? Uh, I, I'm not trying to upset anybody's apple cart tonight. But have you ever been stressed? Have you ever been, uh, have you ever been, uh, burdened down with, uh, stress? And let me just simply say this. The one that will, uh, or the ones, plural, that will hurt you the most are the ones that are the closest to you. Hmm. It seems like that, uh, well, let me just ask you this question. Have you ever had a friend that has let you down? I have. You say, not me, preacher. Well, bless your heart. I have. And I say that tonight respectfully, but sometimes we get stressed over the way that friends do us. Have you ever had a family member that has let you down? Sure, sure, and please don't answer this next question. Have you ever had a spouse, don't you answer that, that has let you down? Uh, understand tonight that we are a speck of dirt. All we are is vessels of clay. Some are vessels of honor and some are vessels of dishonor according to the Word of God. But you understand tonight that one of the things that I told Union Valley when I came out here almost 15 years ago, that I told the congregation, I made this statement, I will fail you, but you will fail me. You understand tonight, we will let each other down. But can I tell you about one that will never let you down? You understand tonight that Jesus has never let anybody down. Understand tonight as we go through this scripture, we want to try to preach this if we're able from an expository look. As you are able tonight, I hope you have your King James Bible and I hope you had that open tonight because I want you to follow along with me this evening. Look with me tonight in, the, I believe it'll help you. I really believe it'll help you tonight because at the conclusion of this message, I, I truly believe tonight that, I truly believe tonight that God's going to help us to be able to see how to handle anxiety and how to handle the stress of life. Now let me simply say this. If you need to go uh, to a, a, a doctor, uh, is that a psychiatrist or a psychologist? If you need to go to a psychiatrist, you go to a psychiatrist, okay? If you need a, a medication to help you, then you be sure to take that medication to help you. There's no shame in that help. You understand that? I'm not up here preaching against the help. But what I am preaching against tonight is how sometimes we handle anxiety. Sometimes we handle stress by acting out. Sometimes we, uh, you say, preacher, I don't believe that. Well, you watch a young person that's in their uh, school and you watch their 
parents and their families start to fall, fall down up around them. You watch the mother and the father start to go through a separation or start to go through a divorce. Uh, and as a school teacher, uh, you can watch those children uh, start to spiral down, uh, down, down. Uh, down. Why is that? It's not because of the lesson you're teaching that day, but it's because that it is their way of trying to figure out how to handle stress or how to handle the emotion that's bottled up inside of them. Let me just say this. I know some that you better just leave them alone. If they're going through a spell, if they're going through stress, let them get in the automobile and get behind the steering wheel and drive for a couple of hours. Let their mind try to process that. I know some, honey, that absolutely wants to hit things. I've seen some to hit the walls. I'm talking physically with their fist. I've seen some that just want to scream to the top of their lungs. We all handle stress in different ways. And do you realize tonight that stress will make your body sick? Before long, it will have you to have a heart attack. Before long, uh, it, 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 will, it might even uh, create so much anxiety in you uh, that you're not able to sleep at night, uh, that you're up walking the floors. Hey, I've been there uh, all hours of the day or the night. Uh, uh, maybe uh, tonight that you've not been there before. Uh, well, let me just stop tonight before I go any farther and say without a shadow of a doubt, uh, I've been there. And many of you, no doubt, has been there as well. But let's look at what the Word of God says. Now, I could get up here tonight and preach my opinions, but my opinions will not give you the help you need. But the Word of God will. Look with me in the book of Matthew, chapter 26, and verse number 38. If God will help us, and I know He will... I'm going to give you two, I'm going to give you four points. Two of them are negative and two of them are positive. But even though that they seem to be uh, the equal number, the two positive has more weight. Uh, let me explain what I mean by that. The, the, the good far outweighs the bad. Amen. <laughs> Uh, look with me in verse number 38. Do you find that? If you found that and you're following along, say amen. The Bible teaches tonight huh, that sometimes life is stressful. And I want you to see tonight, uh, let me just, uh, before I even read this verse to you, and you're already reading it, and that's good, thank God for that. I want us to realize that there is no temptation that is uh, uh, uncommon to man. Do you realize tonight that God is faithful through that temptation to make a way of escape? Christ was tempted Many times, yet without sin. And He is the bar. The pastor's not the bar. The deacon board's not the bar. The song leader's not the bar. Jesus is the bar that we need to measure our lives against. The Gospel of Matthew 26 and verse 38, the Bible says, And saith he unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful even unto death. Hey, do you realize tonight that our Son, or our Savior, the Son of God, He was stressed because of the burden that was put upon Him. Now let me just say this. Before Jesus ever came, He knew why He was coming. He didn't show up and it was a surprise to him. He knew 
When he left the splendors of heaven... You say, preacher, I don't believe that. Well, didn't the writer said John the Apostle, writing in the book of Revelation, he said that he was the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. Well, preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying tonight Jesus knew what he would have to do in order to have a payment paid for you and I to get out of going to hell. And in spite of the, of the pain that he would have had to suffer, he went there and he endured that pain, he endured that shame for you and for I. Now let me just say this tonight as a mommy and a daddy. Sometimes we go through stress For our children's sake. Hmm. Don't believe it? You take one of these mommies or daddies that love their kids and thank God for their kids. And if their kids want something, you as a parent will do without. Run around with holes in the britches when they wasn't in style. I mean, they're just in style anymore, but when they wasn't in style, mommy and daddy running around with holes in their britches and uh, big toes sticking out of their work boots. Yeah, in order for their kids to have what they wanted. Not necessarily what they needed, but what they wanted. And do you realize tonight that that's exactly uh, what the Lord has done for you and I. We needed a way. You know, we had a debt we could not pay. And thank God tonight he had a debt that he did not owe. Amen. But he paid the debt. And I want you to look tonight that even the Lamb of God uh, went through stress. The Bible says, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful. Look in verse number uh, 39. The Bible says, uh, you say, preacher, how much stress was he under? Look in verse number 39. And he went a little further and fell on his face. He did not run to the altar. He did not kneel at the altar. The Bible uses specifically this statement that he fell on his face. You know what I think? I I think that the cup that he was given to drink, I I think that it was burdensome. I I think that the cup that he was given to drink, what is the cup, preacher? It is the cup of your sins and my sins. It is the cup of your iniquity and my iniquity. I think that whenever that Jesus was there in the garden. The Bible teaches that he took Peter and James and John. James and John, the sons of Zebedee. And he took Simon Peter. And he went a stone's throw away from them. He took those three. He left the other disciples. There was eight more that he left there. You say, preacher, nine, ten, eleven. That's only eleven. Where was number twelve? Number twelve was Judas. Judas was away trying to make a dollar. Judas was away uh, getting a few pieces of silver. Uh, he was uh, getting ready to plot uh, against the Lamb of God. Uh, uh, Jesus, his soul was burdensome. Uh, he came, uh, he took uh, those eight disciples, he left them there. Uh, he took the other three, the uh, Peter, James, and John, uh, and he took them a stone's throw away. Uh, and he went a little further. Uh, and the Bible teaches tonight uh, that he failed on his face. The burden and the stress that he was under. He said, my soul is exceeding sorrowful. You realize tonight the stress that the Lamb of God was under. And listen, when he left Peter, James, and John, he did not leave them to fend there on his own. Why did he separate them out? I believe he had faith in him. I believe he had confidence in him. He said, watch the 
his dear men uh, to pray for him uh, because of his stress. Uh, he was asking them uh, to watch uh, and pray. Uh, do you know tonight the Bible teaches we're troubled on every side, uh, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, uh, but not despair. Look at this. Uh, uh, persecuted, uh, but not forsaken. Cast down, uh, but not destroyed. Uh, would you agree with me tonight uh, that somehow uh, life uh, has got a way of stressing us out from time to time. Now let me just say this. I thank God. I didn't think I was going to like it. I'll just be honest with you. But I thank God for our Facebook ministry. I do. I did not think that uh, I was going to like it. As a matter of fact, there was even a time that I wanted to turn the plug off. I'm just being honest. But I have seen this church that is here beside of the road, reach people in other communities, in other areas that we could have never reached before. As a matter of fact, we've got uh, at least one couple that comes on Sunday nights, and they're no doubt watching from home tonight. They found us on Facebook. I thank God for that. But let me get... Now, that's about all the positive I'm going to say about Facebook. <laughs> You know, sometimes somebody can post something out on Facebook and ruin your life. They can, yeah. I mean, it just, it can absolutely ruin your character. It can destroy your testimony. And it can all be false. It can all be fake. It can all be a lie. But you understand the way the world is now. They don't want to hear about the good news. They want to hear about the bad news. And the worse, the better. <laughs> and if you've ever been an individual that's been caught up in something that somebody has posted, or maybe you've made a post and it seems like that everybody else on social media is against you. I, 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 help me, Lord Jesus. I know of a family that has made some godly Christian posts, uh, and because of their stand on what saith the Word of God, I've seen some in the community that have absolutely tried to tear their arms out of their arm sockets, uh, have tried to tear them down. Uh, let me just say this. Uh, if you can be a Christian in the house of God, you ought to be a Christian outside of the house of God. Uh, amen. Uh, if you can come to the house of God, uh, and you can kneel down in prayer, uh, and say, God, I thank you, uh, I praise you and you can mean it. You ought to be able to kneel your head down at a Burger King restaurant and offer up, offer up a prayer to praise and thanksgiving and give God thanks for the Whopper that you're about to eat. But we stress... The Lord Jesus was stressed. Look at, look with me just a little farther in that verse number 38. I want you to see this. Sometimes our friends let us down. <laughs> Sometimes our loved ones will fail us. Preacher, you making that up? Look in verse number 38. I hope you still follow me. He said, tarry ye here. Y'all see that? He said, tarry ye here. Where's that at, preacher? It's after the colon. Terry ye here. Who was he talking to? Peter, James, and John. The three closest disciples. He said, Terry ye here and watch with me. Look again. Look in verse number 40. And he cometh unto the disciples. And look what he found them doing. And findeth them asleep. And he saith unto Peter, What? Could you not watch with me one hour? 
You know, if the Lord's just asking for one hour, that don't seem like much, does it? Be careful how you answer. If the Lord was only asking for one hour, it doesn't seem like an hour is very long. Look at the clock. We've been here, we, well, some of you have been here longer than 45 minutes, but we've been in church for 44 minutes. That's right. Did you hear Lisa? She said, not me. Lisa telling on herself, Lisa, I heard that. I'm going, amen. (laughs) I'm stressing Lisa out. Lisa, I'm sorry I didn't mean to stress you. You understand, right? Uh, Something so innocent tonight, we can stress one another out. (laughs) Lord, help me not to stress Lisa out. 44 minutes. Doesn't seem like we've been in church real long. Hour is not very long to give to the Lord, is it? When was the last time you gave the Lord an hour? Well, preacher, I'm giving my hour now. Really? One hour on a Wednesday night service. When was the last time you gave him an hour on a Thursday? When was the last time you gave him an hour on a Friday? Or a Saturday? Well, preacher, I give him two hours. Maybe three or four on Sunday. Well, bless your heart. I mean, you ought to earn a badge or something. When was the last time we have stealed away for an hour? And we have prayed for our family. We have prayed for our loved ones. And we've prayed so long that our legs have gone to sleep. That our knees have been hurting. And we've had to ask the Lord, Lord, would you help me to have strength in my legs when I get back up? Lord, would you take the pain away from my kneecaps? When was the last time that we stealed away for an hour? You say, preacher, well, to be quite honest with you, I haven't given a whole lot outside of the house of God. Well, look at the response that the Lord Jesus made. He said, what? Could you not watch with me one hour? Huh. Uh, so we see that life is stressful. We see that li- sometimes our friends let us down. But I want you to look at this with me tonight. Look with me in verse number 42. I, I want you to see that sometimes I, as a Christian, I, we've just got to do the right thing. Now, if the Word of God, you say, Preacher, I don't know all the Word of God. You don't have to know all the Word of God. But if you run your life based upon the principles of the Word of God, thou shalt not steal. Remember those Ten Commandments Brother Ricky's been teaching out of the book of Deuteronomy? Thou shalt not kill. And do you realize you can create spiritual murder? You can kill somebody you go to church with, not physically. You've heard us preach on church hurt. Well, what we haven't preached on has been the one that's done the hurt. Huh. See, if, if, I, if, if Lisa didn't love me so much, you do love me, don't you, Lisa? Amen. Thank God she loves me. I knew that answer. If Lisa didn't love me so much, she, I could have just hurt her. I could have just spiritually killed her and absolutely taken her spirits and cut the branches off. Then on Sunday morning when her alarm clock's going off and she's hitting the snooze. Now, Lisa, I don't know if you hit the snooze or not, okay? Okay. <laughs> Lisa. <laughs> 
I'm biting my tongue, Lisa. <laughs> I got to get on somebody else. Oh boy. See, if we're not careful, sometimes we'll speak without thinking. Oh yeah. Kaylin come in this evening. She can't hear me, can she? Kaylin come in this evening and smarted her mom off. And boy, that went right through me. Man, I mean, there's a far lit in me about that high. And I jumped up and I scolded her. She didn't say anything, just put her head down and she said she was sorry and she went back to her bedroom and man, I'm telling you, that was the worst thing could have happened because the Holy Ghost of God was a thumping me, beating on me. You say, preacher, you should have cracked your daughter. That's right, I should have, but maybe not like that. You know what I did? I got myself up off that old wooden kitchen chair. Yeah. I drug my old sorry self down that hallway. I knocked on that door. And I apologized. You understand tonight that sometimes we can stress ourselves out. Sometimes we can let one another down, but sometimes we can let ourselves down. Look with me in verse number 42, if you would, tonight. Sometimes we just have to do the right thing. Sometimes we just have to be faithful. The Bible teaches tonight, and he went away again the second time. This is the Lord Jesus. And prayed, saying, Oh, my Father. Now, let me just stop right here at this comma. As he's praying, he knows that he just woke up Peter, James, and John. He knows that his disciples, who he just asked to pray for him, had not been praying for him. Yet, he comes back not to talk about them. He comes back not to throw stones at them. But he comes back to pray. Look at this. Jesus said, Oh, my Father. If this cup may not pass away from me, except I drink it, thy will be done. Preacher, why would he say that? Because he knew the only opportunity you would have and I would have to get to heaven is if he would do the right thing. You know, the Bible teaches that all Jesus had to do was to call out on heaven. And the Bible teaches me 12 legion of angels would have swooped down, pulled him off the cross, he wouldn't have had to die. Hey, I'm still in the book. But he endured the pain of those three nails. He endured the pain of the, uh, cr- the crown of thorns that was upon his head. He endured the pain of the stripes that was on his back. He endured the mockery. He endured the pain of the spear getting stuck in his side. For you and for me. Yet we'll let somebody talking about us keep us out of church. Yeah. Preacher, you ain't talking about me. You realize tonight that every single one of us, we can say it doesn't bother us. 
But somewhere in here, it does. We can say, it doesn't bother me, I'm like a duck and let, let it roll off my back. Well, let's just be honest. Every one of us are human. And every one of us has feelings. Hmm. See, the Bible teaches that even though Christ just went back to Peter, James, and John, and they didn't pray for Him, even though that the Lord Jesus went back and had to wake them up, you know what He did? He did the right thing. He went back and He prayed and He said, Father, if there not be any other way, Thy will be done. You know what is right to live right? Seven days a week. 24 hours a day. Yeah. Not just on church day. Not, amen. Not just when we come into the house of God. You remember Toby Mitchell? Thank God for Brother Toby. Brother Toby was here one night. I don't remember if he was preaching or if their church was singing. Brother Toby and his wife, Sister Angie, they argued all the way here. Now I'm giving you Toby's testimony. I didn't see it. Toby told this publicly in front of the whole church. Toby said him and Angie argued the whole way here like cats and dogs. Got out of the car. Toby put on his suit jacket and a smile came with it. Well, how you doing, brother? Just forgot about that argument. Walked into church hand in hand. See, we'll put on a good show, won't we? I mean, we want everybody to think everything's all right. Well, let's be honest. One of the problems tonight is nobody wants to take ownership and responsibility. Nobody wants to be accountable. When there's a problem, don't ignore it. Take it to the Lord. The best thing we can do tonight is to do what Jesus did. Even though his friends let him down, you know what he did? He turned and went back to the Father. You realize Jesus will never fail you. Realize the Father will never turn you away. Thank God. You, bless the Lord. You realize the Holy Spirit of God that lives in you if you're saved, born again. The Holy Spirit of God will not leave you comfortless. You realize tonight that no matter what you're going through. You know the Bible teaches in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 58. Uh, he simply said this. If you want to write it down. He said be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Preacher, do you believe that I should always stand for what God says? Yes, I do. I know some personally that have stood on the word of God and have stood, same family by the way, and have stood for what saith the word of God and I've seen communities come against them all because they have taken the stand against the acts of the devil. I mean, anybody can be a Christian sitting in the house of God when the Spirit's moving. But when we're out here walking in the mud and the muck and the mar, I mean, that's when the going gets rough, honey. That's when it's hard to be able to hold our head up, put our Bible underneath of our arm, and walk into our workplace. That's when it's hard. To walk into the grocery store and walk down the beer aisle and lay down a gospel track on every top of every one of them 12 packs. Huh. What do you mean, preacher? I'm simply saying tonight that we can stress ourselves to the point where we can't enjoy life anymore. I hit on suicide last week with the young people and I'm going to hit on it right here just for a moment this evening.
There is nothing and no amount of embarrassment that you will ever be faced with that is worth you taking your life for. Nothing, nothing that you can ever do is worthy of you taking your life. I want you to know that. Because I want you to know tonight that God in heaven loves you. And not only does God in heaven love you, I love you. And not only do I love you, but the church loves you. And you understand tonight that we live in a society where teenage suicides through this pandemic has spiked. To, Vicki, do you have the numbers tonight by chance? You understand tonight that what I'm saying tonight is we've got young people that have secluded themselves at home learning and trying to do their online education and they're struggling with that. Then somebody will post something or somebody will do something on Snapchat and before long they're lower than a snake's belly in a wagon wheel rut and before long they want to take their own life. You understand tonight that what they need is they need a mom and they need a daddy or a mama and a papa that's praying for them. They need to know that a church loves them. They need to know that a youth pastor is calling their name out to a thrice holy God. He ain't given up on them and God ain't quit on them. But we'll stress ourselves to the point where we think this statement, nobody cares. God cares. He really cares about the burdens that you're going through. He really cares about the struggles that you're facing with your finances. He really struggles. He really cares about the problems that you have in your marriage. He really cares about what keeps you up in the middle of the night. When you think nobody knows, God knows. Because God hadn't abandoned His post. Thank God tonight, He's still standing on the wall. It's not worth us taking our life over. It's not worth seeing young people, even pastoredom, that will cut their sails for attention. Kelly and I had, I think she was 12, maybe 13 years old at another church. And I'm telling you what's truth. I'll just be honest with you, as a pastor, as a male... I didn't know what to say. I didn't know how to handle it. So I had to call my wife into the room and let her deal with her. You understand tonight what I am saying is we will seclude. We will put ourselves in silos and we will think, well, I can't let anybody know what I'm going through because they will judge me. (laughs) They will talk about me. You understand tonight what I'm saying? If our young people, if our young people is dealing with this, you know what they need? They need to know you love them. They need to know that no matter what they're facing, they need to know. 
that no matter how big of a mistake that they've made in their life, you ain't given up on them. You ain't quitting on them. I mean, you understand tonight, we can stress things to the point where it just is ridiculous amount of stress that we put ourselves under. Well, I don't want the neighbors to know. Who cares if the neighbors know? That is not going to depreciate your property value. Well, I don't want my family to know. You know what? I'm a human being. My mommy and my daddy are watching this service right now. They already know my mistakes. You understand? They already know my faults. But they love me in spite of them. They love me no matter how big of a mess I make in my life. And you know something? There's been times I've talked to mom and dad and talked about the mistakes. Well, you didn't do nothing wrong. You know, the difference is some of us choose to dwell on the mistakes. Some of us would rather just take that finger and stick it right there in that sore spot. Yeah, it's scabbed over. But boy, it's sore. And they some, maybe we work with them. Maybe we go to the ball games with them. Maybe they're our neighbors. They like to hold that finger there. And they like to cast judgment. And the devil will say, well, they know what you were before. Well, let me just tell you what I was before. I was a sinner. You say, preacher, were you a bad sinner? One sin is as bad as the next sin. You understand there ain't no little sin and big sins in the eyes of God. You understand the Bible says there's none righteous, no, not one. For we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. Understand tonight, your righteousness and my righteousness is as filthy rags. And none of us are good enough to go to heaven. But we'll stress ourselves out. And sadly... Sadly, whenever a sheep gets caught up in a briar thicket, whenever that we get caught up in the briar thickets of stress and anxiety, if we're not careful, we'll just let the shepherd and the rest of the flock go right on uh, without us. And we're held up back here dwelling on the past. Y'all understand what I'm preaching? Amen. Vicky, did you get those numbers? That's all right. That's all right, honey. Vicky, am I correct in saying that through the pandemic it has spiked yes. to one of the all-time highs? Yes, the numbers just came out. Okay. You understand tonight that that is one of the tools of the devil. I'm going to give you one more point. I'm almost done. If that sheep that got hung up in the briar thicket would have just yelled out, you know what the shepherd would have done? He'd have stopped. He'd have turned around. 
And he would have went to that one sheep that got hung up. He would have went back to that one sheep that was making a mess of their life. And you know what the shepherd would have done? He'd have pulled them out of the briar thicket. He would have disposed of the briar thicket. Yeah! Why would he do that? He'd make sure you didn't get hung up in it again. And he would have nursed that little sheep's wounds. Isn't that really all we need? Is we need for somebody to nurse us back to health. You know, spiritually speaking, I think we take for granted each other's fellowship. I think that, by the way, well, you already know this, I hate this pandemic and I hate not being able to go around and hug necks and uh, I hate not being able to see through the masks. I'm a lip reader. I can't hear real well. I read lips. And I struggle. And I have found myself lying. Being honest. Through this pandemic, I am. Shaking my head like I know what you're saying and I can't hear you. Now, devil, you ain't going to wake me up in the morning and tell me they're laughing at me. You understand tonight, this pandemic, there will be a lot of victims. And what I'm trying to do tonight is to show us what to do when we're facing the anxiety of this life. And we'll give you one more point. I'm almost done, I promise. Vicki, if you'll start picking out a song, please. Look in verse number 36. Please. Then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane and saith unto the disciples, Sit ye here while I go yonder, or while I go and pray yonder. Now if you'll remember in verse number 38, the latter part of verse number 38, the Bible teaches that he told the inner three, Peter, James, and John, he told them, tarry ye here and watch with me. Look with me in verse number 40. And, or I'm sorry, verse number 39. And I want you to look at this statement out of the middle of that verse. And I want you to try to look at it with your spiritual imagination. And fell on his face and prayed. Preacher, what, what's that got to do with anything? Hold your finger right there. Look in verse number 42. He went away again the second time and prayed. He didn't quit. He didn't stop. He didn't abandon his faith. He didn't abandon his father. When his friends forsook him... He didn't stop. He kept on seeking the Lord. Well, preacher, do you really believe tonight there's something in there for me? Sure I do. I don't believe we ought to post our problems on Facebook. Now, if you do believe me, I'm not preaching against you. I'm trying to help you. But what I truly believe you ought to do, if you have a problem that you need prayer for, 
is to reach out to your family. Reach out to your church. Reach out to your friends. Reach out in your local Christian community. Somebody that can pray for you. Somebody that you can talk to. And you know, that's one thing that this pandemic has done. It has put us in silos. It has put us in stalls. Many of us, we come to the house of God, we don't even walk around and talk anymore. We just come in and flop down. I'm not preaching against that. But you understand, before the pandemic, I couldn't get you to be quiet. We love to talk. We love to fellowship. I love to fellowship. I love to eat. Amen. I told Nicole when we had to cancel the Christmas dinner, we were going to do something in January. Now we've seen the COVID spike. I'd like to get back together again real soon because I like to eat. But there's something that goes along with that eating at church dinners. Fellowship. Standing in the kitchen. Now some of you won't know what this is. Standing in the kitchen at the kitchen sink washing dishes. (laughs) It got so bad over there one night, somebody said they'd go bring me an apron. Will you bring it on? You understand tonight, it excites me to see your smiles. It excites me to see God blessing you and for you to be joyful and happy and talking to your brothers and to your sisters and encouraging one another. But what's happened through this pandemic is the devil has tried to add another layer of stress. Well, should I get vaxxed or should I not get vaxxed? Then you make a decision to get vaxxed. Well, should I get Moderna, should I get Pfizer, should I get J&J? Well, before long, you're doing so much research, you don't quit reading the Bible. Now all you're reading is CDC recommendations. They change daily. Is that what you said? That's the truth. Well, preacher, what are you saying? All I'm simply trying to say tonight is sometimes we afflict ourselves with stress unneedfully. Let me just stop. If you want to get a vaccine, go get a vaccine. It doesn't matter to me at all. But if you don't get a vaccine, I'm still going to fellowship with you. You understand that? I'm still going to hug your neck when you let me. <laughs> I'm still going to shake your hand. Yeah, I'm hugging yours, Travis. I- I'll still shake your hands. You understand tonight, we're living in a society that wants to shun people because of their choice. That's all authored by the devil. You realize that? And that is another stressful layer. People feel guilty. Well, I don't have my vaccine. I I don't want to go down there to that church. I don't want... You know what? If you don't have a vaccine, I still hope you come to the house of God. Am I right, church? You understand tonight, it's not going tonight to do anything to your salvation if you don't have a vaccine. But if you have a vaccine... You shouldn't be shunning. Amen. You shouldn't be out there smear booking people. That's Facebook, by the way. It's just my hillbilly way of saying Facebook. Understand tonight that we will cause ourselves so much stress. Stand with me tonight. I want to share this with you. I think tonight that a lot of people... 
would be in better spiritual condition if they didn't stop praying. Depend on the preacher to preach, I'm going to preach. Depend on Brother Ricky to teach, he's going to teach. But we've got to do our own part. We've got to get out at home our Word of God and we've got to spend time with God alone. We've got to prepare. In 1952, there was a lady by the name of Florence Chadwick. Has anybody ever heard that name? Florence Chadwick in 1952, uh, she attempted and she decided that she was going to do something that no one had ever done before. And it was 26 miles between the California coastline and the Catalina Island. And she decided that she loved to swim so much that she was going to attempt to swim that 26-mile swim. Never been done. She was going to be the first woman to ever do it. She set her mind to it. She trained for it. And on the day that she jumped into the water, she had two small boats that uh, went with her in case that she had problems with muscle cramps. Uh, and after about 15 hours into her swim, a thick fog set in. And she lost her vision of the land. She lost her senses of how far that she had come. After about 15 hours into the water and she was swimming, she told one that was there in the boat, and it happened to be her mother that was in the boat, she told her mom, she said, Mom, I don't think I can make it much longer. Her mom tried to encourage her brother Jeff, and she swam for roughly one more hour. The fog was thick, and she still had lost her senses, and finally she said, I'm done. Get me in the boat. I'm done. They got her in the boat and started drying her off and they pushed on to shore to come to find out she was a little less than one mile from finishing the 26-mile journey. Hmm. Then it wasn't long before just a few months later she attempted it again. And in her second attempt, she was not denied. She is the first woman to have ever swam by herself, unassisted, that 26-mile journey between the Catalina Island and the California coast. Preacher, why are you sharing that story with us tonight? Because, church, we've come too far to quit now. 